Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy. This is Steve Walsh. Hello. At the beginning of October, we appeared at Elefest, the Elephant and Castle Festival. We did a live episode up the elephant round the castle. We brought the mic with us so we could share with you lovely folks at home that couldn't make it. Podcast. I'm Jeff McEnroe, this is Steve Walsh. Hello. Obviously some of you are listening, some of you probably not. Uh, we talk about South London every week and today we'll be taking you on a journey. Oh, we're not going anywhere, so don't need to get your coats back on. Uh, around, up the elephant and around the castle. Um, taking you on a tour of the uh, basically two roundabouts over there. Now, I grew up in Woolworth, so I'm quite sensitive uh, people trying to kind of snatch parts of Woolworth for themselves, uh, like Kennington, yeah, people claiming East Kennington. You're in many places, and people are calling it East Kennington. So, a uh, similar thing happens with Elephant and Castle. So, we won't be going down to the Haygate and we won't be like wandering off here and there into Bermondsey. The Elephant strictly being a couple of roundabouts and the buildings that circle it. And the way we're going to do it is as a spiral starting at the Elephant and Castle pub moving clockwise so there's logic to it so if you, if you know the elephant at all you can probably visualise it now so if you imagine we're standing outside the Elephant and Castle pub and we'll be swirling round moving into the centre talking about what we want yeah the Elephant and Castle pub is the natural place to start because of course Elephant and Castle gets its name from the Elephant and Castle <coughs> pub but not that one <laughs> it's almost like we rehearsed it, we didn't, that's all, that's natural, every week, Mondays. <laughs> um, yeah, the Elephant Castle pub stood, it was more or less the other side of uh, the... Yeah, it's just sort of between the noodle place in front of the, soup, the shopping centre and the Met Tab, somewhere around there, there was a pub in the middle, because back then obviously there was no shopping centre and, uh, you know, it would have been in the middle of the road now. And the pub itself got its name from a business that was there before. I'm assuming no one in the room thinks the Elephant Castle gets its name from a Spanish princess. Is there anyone that's still... No, good, good. Um, there was a cutlers on the site of the Elephant Castle pub. And the coat of arms for the Guild of Cutlers is an Elephant and Castle because the elephant represented the ivory of the handles, fine cutlery, and the castle represented the strength of the steel that was used. So when the pub moved into the area, or opened up, they found this sign. Uh, and what a great sign, an elephant and a castle. Better, isn't it, than you know, another king's head or bricklayer's arms or... Angel. Angels. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the pub called itself the Elephant Castle. And as, you know, as happened in other parts of, of South London, the name stuck. You know, originally this would have been the village of Newington. And there's still remnants of that Newington Library... Um, Newington Causeway one side, Newington Butts the other. Similar thing happened in um, New Cross, which was originally Hatcham as a village, but the pub opened up. Pubs, people love them. Yeah, I mean, the Elephant and Castle pub, the current one, is no great shape, so is it? It's, it's, it's sort of rebranded as a bar and restaurant, which is always a Yeah, bit. they do Thai foods, but not on Sundays. So it's at the bottom <laughs> of, uh, of Metro Central Heights, which sounds like a made-up name, that it sounds like the name of a block of flats in a comic or something, but uh, that's what developers called it in, uh, what, when was it? 
the 90s. 90s. In the 90s. But previously, Steve, of course. Yeah, originally built as uh, an office building um, for the Department of Health. Um, designed by an architect called uh, Erno Goldfinger, who famously didn't really believe that buildings were for people. He, he believed there were like three distinct elements to, to a building. The, the, the look of it, how, you know, how it presented itself, the structure and the integrity of the building, and third, and finally, and very distinct from the other two, was the use of people. And he wasn't too fussed about the use of people, because he was like, they're transient, they're not always there. It's always going to look like that, and it always has to stand up, but the people come in and out, don't worry about it. So, the, the Department of Health move in to this office building that he's created and designed, but eventually they have to move out because the building is, do you say diagnosed for a building? The yeah. building suffered from sick building syndrome, which is a thing where if buildings don't have the right lighting or ventilation, it can affect the well-being of the inhabitants. So ironically, the Department of Health couldn't stay in that building because it was unhealthy. So they get, they get shuttled around the elephant a little bit, don't they? Yeah, they move over to other buildings that will uh, come to shortly. But yeah, it was full of leaks and drafts, apparently, and uh, air decon- deconditioning, which is, I think, meant to be a joke, but <laughs> you've got a response. And the Goldfinger's um, a fascinating character, though. Uh, probably more famous now as the inspiration for the James Bond villain, who, obviously, the, the name comes from. Um, yeah, Ian Fleming played golf with Erno Goldfinger's cousin, and the cousin was saying what a dreadful man Erno Goldfinger was. Apparently, he was awful. He would um, just on sites while he was working as an architect. He just, if he got into a rage, he'd just fire whoever was nearby. And there's there's incidents on the record of him firing people, and his assistants having to explain that person doesn't work for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, the good news is he doesn't work for him anymore, but he never did. He can't you can't fire him. He will be here tomorrow. Um, so, uh, and Ian Fleming heard being terrible and also had a grudge against him because uh, Goldfinger built uh, apparently a lovely house in Hampstead, but demolished a row of cottages that Ian Fleming really liked to build this house. So Ian Fleming was like, I'm definitely going to call this one Goldfinger. Um, so he did, and word gets back to Goldfinger, and he threatens to sue the publishers. He's like, if you call this villain Goldfinger, I will sue you for defamation because it's clearly based on me. So the publishers go to Ian Fleming and go... Well, you know, we don't want to get sued by this guy. This could be quite costly. Um, so Ian Fleming says, the only other name I'll give the villain is Goldprick. <laughs> so that's your options, Goldprick or Goldfinger. And they went, oh, is there not? So eventually, for some reason, I'm not sure why, Goldfinger settles with the publishers. And he settles for his costs. He wants his costs paid. And six free copies of the book. <laughs> <laughs> the book that definitely says you're a wrong one. Why would, uh, how many free copies do you want of a book that's, like, damning you? But... You know, hand out to your friends in there. I'm definitely a terrible person here. Also, uh, on the site there, uh, prior to uh, the Metro Central Heights going up, or Alex, Alexander Fleming House, as it was known then, uh, was the Trocadero Cinema, which had the largest Wurlitzer organ in Europe, which is now in the uh, Troc seat in, uh, is it Whitechapel? Yeah. And Dennis Norden used to work in the cinema as a, as a youngster, and he, he uh, unveiled a blue plaque, not blue plaque, sorry, a framed printout. It's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> um, it's up in the convenience store at the bottom of Metro Central Heights, presumably like behind the till or something. So like, I fit in tribute, probably. Not. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the good news it's is... It's a sick building, it's a sick building. <laughs> but it's also, it's a tribute to a Wurlitzer. So that organ is not going to get offended, is it? It doesn't know what's going on, it's, it's fine. 
That's the convenience the store is the only thing I've ever seen with a hygiene rating sticker of one. That's pretty impressive. Sick building syndrome, isn't it? So you can't, you can't escape it. Yeah, I suppose you'd have to, by law, be obliged to put it up if you get one, isn't it? Yeah, but no, I mean, it's not, you're not boasting, are you? It's, it's not pass. zero, guys. It's not zero. It's a pass, isn't it? It's a pass. We're still open. <laughs> we do have a broom, but we won't necessarily use it. <laughs> so if you cross the road, you've got uh, a cinema that is sort of semi-open still, the Coronet. Uh, there's events on at the moment for Elefest. Programs over there, if you want to check. Um, that is under threat of closure at the moment. My earliest memory of it, Steve's going to see uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids... Yourself? Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. Right, good. <laughs> and it's clever because, like, COP spells cop in it. So they, people never, say they were badly that. written never films, but they, uh, <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Um, yeah, that's. I must have gone more. Well, we went recently to see some wrestling there, and there were uh, about. Was there about 70 people there in, like, quite a massive auditorium? Yeah. And yeah. you can, like, you know, hear the wrestlers almost telling each other what they're going to do. There was uh, there was another bit where a wrestler came out and uh, he was playing a villain, so that was fine. He went and it was like stony silence. He went, "Great, absolute silence. That's what I like to work in." Well done, everyone. It's like kicking off against, trying to get people booing, but people were so sort of just unengaged they couldn't even be bothered to boo a man who was mocking us for not making. It's very very odd situation. So it's under threat of closure, and I mean I don't know how realistic staying open is, but. The focus of the campaign seems to be Charlie Chaplin once trod the boards here, which I don't think there's actually any evidence for, but you know, if you want to keep it open, you know, just keep peddling the myth, I suppose. <laughs> but the thing is, Justin Timberlake did play there. Yeah, well, that was he the play that angle. Opening night, yeah. wasn't it? That was the yeah. when it reopened. Because obviously, it, it started off and as a theatre. At least before, once shown here. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a theatre that then became a cinema, that then became a live music venue that's now a sort of open venue, you know, wrestling, isn't it? Behind the coronet, we've got the arches, which brings us to the name of tonight's show, Steve, isn't it? Up the elephant around the castle. We've nicked it from Jim Davidson. The people's community. <laughs> which, if, if you haven't listened to the show, we don't do that a lot for material. Don't be, don't be alarmed. Um, yeah, I don't know if people will remember, because it's not well-remembered or well-regarded. That's the thing about it. It's like a Venn diagram of, like, just, like, it, if you do remember it, you know one remembers it kindly. Your dad remembered it, didn't he? Yeah, not fondly. Just <laughs> Jim yeah, Jim Davidson in the eighties had uh, a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a sitcom called Up the Elephant Around the Castle, which has possibly the broadest setup for a comedy ever. Uh, on Wikipedia, it's described as Jim Davidson plays Jim London. So straight away, that's the level of the writing. They're not even going to bother changing his first name. Uh, uh, Jim London, a man who finds himself in trouble while going out drinking and chasing girls. That's essentially the show, such as it is. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's a, a, a terrible, terrible show. Mm. The opening shot from the very first episode. Yeah, he comes, uh, it's Jim Davison wearing a dressing gown, talking to the camera, and it's, it's no good. You can but see his legs, it's horrible. But in the, the credits close with Jim Davison straddling the elephant on top of the shopping centre, that elephant and castle up there, and that's quite a sight to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing as well is, it's all shot on set. So there's not even the sort of vague hope of spotting a little corner of the elephant itself. Apparently, um, a young David Fulis um, had a part on the show and had a, a scene where he swung at Jim London. 
and was offered real money by the actual crew of the TV show to punch Jim Davis <laughs> and pretend it was an accident. He didn't, he didn't. Professional, innit? Don't punch the uh, talent. <laughs> I'm going to say star. I don't, none of these should really apply. Um, so the shopping centre, Steve, soon to be gone. I mean, this kind of walk slash talk is uh, a snapshot in time of Elephant Castle. And Elephant Castle was kind of ever-changing, but particularly at the moment, in a few years' time, there'll be no shopping centre there. Or well, there will be, but it won't be this current incarnation. Um, a failure from the start, really. Yeah, that's the thing. It's been seen as like a building in decline, but you know, it opens in 1965 and there's 129 spaces for shops and 29 shops the entire sort of top floor they got Tesco's I think they got Boots they got, got a couple of big names but just never had it's never had full occupancy it's never really succeeded as a space no I mean I remember running from the A1 stores on Wharf Road to Elephant to buy an Oasis singles box set that I was assured was limited so like for <laughs> me it was you know WH Smith was quite a big deal there but it's never been... Uh, you can't rely on that every week, can you? Mm. Gimmick releases from uh, Britpop bands. No, no. Well, they, no. They've dried up. I don't know, in the 90s, Steve, it was, that was all, it was all about, isn't it? The shopping centre itself gets a bit of a bad rap as a building, um, but I quite like it. Yeah, I don't think it's the monstro- quite the monstrosity that it's... Uh, I mean, it does. it's just a concrete box, isn't it? No, but I'm quite, I like the walkways in front and the elephant and... Yeah, I mean, yeah. the problem is the colour, isn't it, as well? Colours. Like, it's been pink... That was not strong. It was then red, now it's blue. Originally it was like raw concrete, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. But what's notable about it, I think, is that the stains come through. Whatever <laughs> colour they painted it, you'll notice around the edge, sort of about further the way down from the top, there's just these white stains all around the building. You should have about a week to come through as well, doesn't it? It's remarkable. It kind of speaks volumes, doesn't it? I mean, we have a kind of unofficial slogan of uh, clay dust on our socks, which uh, refers to play. The, the lesser known players at Wimbledon who you can see they've got the, the socks they've worn on clay and they've got like orange stains around it obviously Pete Sampras or whoever the big tennis player is now free socks doesn't have, uh, yeah exactly free socks got, you know ice white but uh, you know the elephant castle you can't get those stains off and so they'll have to knock it down the space inside's really odd as well now it's, uh, again it's always been sort of odd but like at the moment the massage chairs I don't understand that decision. You know I mean, they were like, only one thing can save this place now. Broken massage chairs. They're useful because this place is it down. But I'm always like, it's like, you know when you get an escalator that's stopped? And we're yeah, like, any moment it's going to kick well. in. They've got, <laughs> they got it all. Someone once pointed out to me that the Sunbile Cafe doesn't see any natural light either. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, developers, Willits, not the current ones, obviously, whoever they are. Uh, described it as, uh, I think before it opened, as Elephant the Castle is the most convenient and congenial place to meet one's friends in the whole of South London. And I think the fact that anyone who's here now kind of has to bend to that bit, don't they? <laughs> I think everyone that's here now would name one other place in South London they see than me. I mean, uh, one of the things we've said about the place before is if you go inside, it's very good for lots of photographs of families and friends and people together having a lot of fun. But what's also notable is none of those photographs are taken in the elephant castle shop. <laughs> so it's a place that promotes fun, but doesn't really provide it. That's the, the danger. Massage chairs aside, I mean, they are great fun. Pound, I think. Pop out, it's open till midnight. Pop over, everyone pop over <laughs> afterwards. Uh, you've got Hannibal House on top, which is unrelated in the elephant terms, apparently. 
Where'd they get their name from? Is it Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> it's, I always assumed it was called Hannibal House. Like, because obviously Elephant Castle isn't to a specific elephant. But I always assumed yeah. that once they had a chance... Because it's high up as well, isn't it? And, like, Hannibal took elephants over mountains. Right. Well, if you reckon... I don't I'm know. Happy, I don't I'm know. happy to go with Let's it. Let's go with that. Look, logic, what's the odds of uh, the 18, maybe? I remember going past there on a bus as a kid. What, people are old enough to remember the 18 years? Yeah, I just thought I'd bring it You don't, you don't. 1980s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, I remember going past on a bus during, it was like the Stephen Lawrence inquiry. It kind of made the news big time, yeah, didn't yeah. it? And the sort of nation of Islam, people lined up with bow ties and stuff. Quite a, that was its day in the news, wasn't it, really? Yeah. And it's gone back to being quite an anonymous office block, but that's getting knocked down as well, is it? Yeah, I'd imagine they're going to, you're not going to build around Hannibal House, no. Department of Health had a stint in there. Across the road, it's the first landmark you can see, I suppose. The pioneer uh, is the Strata, or Strata SE1, as they call it, just to let you know, even though it's on Warth Road, it's definitely not SE17. Making that clear. So, Steve, you're, you're not really a fan of it. Do you know what? I was looking at it from, from here. If you look at it, you get this nice solid block on the side, not quite like that. Anytime I see those turbines, I'm like, this, is, this isn't good, is it? Just not a fan. Hey, they, not a fan. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> because they don't turn around. They're not a fan. Yeah. I, I read that um, questions about their real efficiency will remain unanswered until the completion of two years of comprehensive wind data analysis. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Can I say for two years of wind data analysis, they don't turn around. Yeah, so that's really, a big problem. Isn't that, it? Is really problem that is a problem. Unless every time you look away, they're just like... They used to have the shot as a huge prank just to convince me that turbines aren't effective. But, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the uh, bespoke high-thermal performing cladding. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it won the Carbuncle Cup Award, famously, which is um, an award for the worst British building of the year. Is that right? Yeah. But, you know, also won the... uh, Concrete Society Award in 2010, Steve. No one talks about that, do they? <laughs> but the thing is, more prestigious, I, more prestigious. I don't look at that and go concrete. Mm. It looks like glass and plastic. Yeah. It's the cladding, isn't it? It's the cladding's doing that. I've been tricked. Next to it, Steve, Draper House. Finally, this scaffolding and uh, blue netting was driving the residents mad and putting at least two people out of business that come down. We spoke to someone that was living there while the yeah, netting was up. And uh, they were saying that people would get up in the morning and put the telly on to see what the weather was like outside or check on the internet. <laughs> so they have no access to the outside world. It just sounded horrible. Terrible. But again, like when that, now it's unwrapped, that's a nice concrete building. Uh, that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the, uh, in 65 when it opened, it was the tallest residential structure in London, apparently. But I mean, then immediately, it's just all taller residential structures, isn't it? It's the story of And specifically era. there as well, you've got uh, a really nice visual image that shows the development of the Elephant Castle, where you've got Draper House in the middle as council-backed social housing from the 60s. With the strata on one side and one the elephant the other, literally sort of towering over and encroaching and overshadowing it. So that's the future. Very much so. Affordable housing. £53,000 a year, is it? You have to learn, so. <laughs> uh, across the road from there, well, you know, is it Betty Bias? That's out of business, so we don't need to dwell on that. Pizzeria Costello, people will remember. Is St Mary's Churchyard? Yeah, yeah. And what's notable about that, Steve? Well, you don't want to talk about it because it's not a uh, war, isn't it? Uh, not the elephant, uh, what's the... I don't know. Well, what were you saying? 
Right, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, that was, uh, you know, t- Brook Drive is just behind it as well. And, you know, if I was to slip away, I'm going to end up talking about Carmen Eileen, isn't I? That's the thing, you have to stick to your own rules. And, uh, yeah, Metropolitan Tabernacle, Steve, go. Well, it, before that, we couldn't talk about the Leisure Centre. Yeah, it's on, on. what is there to say? <laughs> <laughs> as a kid, uh, I absolutely loved it, because it had a bumpy slide and a wave machine. And I had never seen the like of it. It was like Disney World. It was just ridiculous. I'd, you know, I was used to um, uh, Mary Dachler Barbs down in uh, Campbell. That's what my school used to do. From like lessons. a public Barbs era. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Go down there with the old... Uh, Preferred wavelengths. Uh, well, this is the thing, yeah. I, I did, yeah. So when I went to the Elephant Castle Leisure Centre, if it had just been a bumpy slide or just been a wave machine, I'd have been blown away, I think. But this, these two things, I couldn't get over it. Yeah, it was strong. No longer with us. No. <laughs> but they're reopening the leisure centre. Yeah, it's not going to be for us, though, is it? But is there going to be a wave machine? The likes of us. <laughs> as long as there's a wave machine, there's a legacy. They don't have wave machines anymore, do they? No. Not, in, oh, not well, in these type of places. It's like Concord. Why would we invent this and not use it? <laughs> Why would you have any swimming pool, even Olympic swimming pools, have a wave machine? Don't always have it on, but have a wave machine. <laughs> the option, isn't it? Actually, that would live up the Olympics. Have the switch, it? Have, have the switch. That would be great. Yeah. You do like three lengths, and then they sort of go, right. Now, <laughs> now it begins. They're Olympians, they can handle it. Uh, the Metropolitan Tabernacle, just to get serious for a moment, stands there. Yeah, because you say get serious, we're going to go from me talking about wave machines to martyrdom. It's yeah. quite a transition there. Um, yeah, the Metropolitan Tabernacle, there's been uh, a church in Newington or the Elephant Castle since the 13th century. Um, for most of that time, the location was next to where the Metropolitan family is, where one the elephant is and where the leisure centre was. Um, but when the, is it Reformed? Yeah. Reformed right. Methodists? Uh, Spurgeon, though, was the, uh, the, the uh, preacher, I suppose yeah. you call him, who uh, decided they needed a base for their operations. And they went for this site because in 1557, that spot where the Metropolitan family is now was the site of the uh, killing of the, the Southwark Martyrs, as they became known. It was three sort of high-profile Protestant... Um, I was going to say heretic. You can't be Protestant heretic, can you? Depends can't. what you're doing. You're doing Protestant. Um, so, and you'd imagine that would have been where the church was, they're killed outside. So it's a sort of reclaimed land. It's a remarkable structure, though, isn't it? They just sort of... I've not been inside, but it sounds like, essentially... It's like a football stadium with a really impressive fan. It just sounds like it seats 30,000 inside. It doesn't, though, does it? No, but they did have, like, at one point a mem- in 1891, they had a membership of, like, 5,500, mm. which is extraordinary. And even now, for, like, churches of that type, but moving swiftly on, though, uh, London College of Communication, what are we calling it now? LCC. Oh, is that what it's called now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, London, previously London College of Printing at one point. Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, there we go. <laughs> University of the Arts, London? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to give you the, uh, uh, the initialism. No, forget it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, prestigious university. The there we go. <laughs> it's a bit of a hidden gem, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's tiles. It's full of, it's like mosaic outside, isn't it? It's just falling off and stuff. It's quite dirty and... And it's quite run down. As, as a building as well, it looks very much like a sort of standard 60s polytechnic building, which, you know, essentially is what it is as an external structure. But, of course, inside, one of, I would say, um, 
the, the crown jewels of South London, really. And yeah. uh, say hidden treasure. I'd probably say if pushed, I'd say my favourite place in South London is the Stanley Kubrick archive, which is housed on the sort of is it the ground floor or the first floor? Yeah. Around the yeah. back. And so basically Stanley Kubrick died in nineteen ninety nine and he was a big hoarder. And in two thousand and seven they boxed up all his stuff and moved it into the LCC and the Stanley Kubrick archive is there. And we've been in there and like it's just extraordinary. The stuff you, put, you start off with like Stanley Kubrick's bookshelf, and there's like you know the uh, Marvel comic of 2001, and then you go into the next bit, and there's bits from different films. There's a box labelled Ape Sounds, and it's just a load of reel-to-reel tapes of different Ape Sounds for 2001: Space Odyssey. You go in the next bit, and he pulls, guy pulls out a box of wigs from Barry Lyndon. And like the, the Shining, you know, all work and no, no playmates, Jack a dull boy. They've got like the ream of paper that they used in the film. It's extraordinary. But yeah, they've got the manuscripts that Jack Nicholson used, but they've also got six different other versions in other languages because obviously you can subtitle up to a point, but what they did was they dropped in a shot for different um, languages around the world. And we had a great story where they've got, and it's interesting as well because. They, it's not a translation of that phrase because that phrase doesn't mean the same thing or doesn't have an equivalent in lots of other languages. Yeah, so, so there's a German version of... They, they needed some sort of saying that would work in that language in that context. And they sort of worked them all out except for the Spanish one. They weren't entirely sure what, what it was about. But, um, the guy who was there was telling us... He was showing these um, Spanish filmmakers around and they went, we'll just check. And he, they rang... Uh, Guillermo del Toro and uh, read the thing out to him and he was like it means there is gold in the mouth of the morning I think it is oh, yeah. so it's all about how there's opportunity for people at the start of the day which is exactly the opposite of all work no play mate Jack a dull boy so <laughs> use this other saying that means the, the opposite thing um, but yeah just remarkable seeing literally the reams of uh, paper and with 2001 as well um, they've got uh, shooting scripts and discarded scripts as well. So I was reading a version where this is a spoiler for a film forty years old. <laughs> that was never that, made. And also, I'm going to tell you what. Here's what isn't the end in 2001. That's not a spoiler, is it? Um, at the end of 2001, when the computer starts talking, in this version, Hal starts talking to himself. The computer has a dialogue with itself that seems to go on for like 25 minutes. And you're reading it going, this would completely derail the film. So it was almost a terrible film. We got very lucky then. Across the road, so we're kind of on the, the what would you call it, Steve? The North Peninsula. So we're outside Perinet House. Yeah, Perinet House, which, again, quite an interesting little building. I like it as a, as a residential uh, feature. But it's also got um, flowers outside, which were on display, but not really being looked after by the council. So, a resident... Do you name him? Richard Reynolds. Richard Reynolds, also one of the um, organisers of Elifest, um, decided to take it upon himself to look after the flower beds outside his flat, which is a tiny little decision to make and just sort of nice for the other residents. But he became really infused by the effect he'd had and the fact that it sort of like livened up what was around him. So he decided to go to a few other spots... Um, St George's Circus, uh, the island, and just plant other things. And um, sort of started the current trend in the UK for guerrilla gardening. He sort of sets up these projects and goes around and encourages people all over the place. There's great footage 
on, I don't know if it's on YouTube or just on the Guardian thing, but um, him and a few other volunteers are planting on the island of the Elephant Castle, and the police turn up and uh, are just sort of ordering them to go away. And you're like, you, you just sort of look at it again. This can't, is this a crime? Is this the worst thing that's happening right now? Check your radio. Something's happening somewhere, surely. And the police sort of warn them off and, and they do sort of retreat. But then they just go back and plant it five minutes later. And the police can't just be circling around trying to catch Gorilla Gardens, can they? <laughs> Who knows? Who Might knows? need a, a unit for it, maybe. Can we get back up? Dogs. Yeah. We did some Gorilla Gardening ourselves after we interviewed Richard on the show. Uh, we planted some uh, bulbs of some description on John Ruskin Street, but they grew dead. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we planted them really badly, didn't we? Yeah, it was dark, Steve. It was, it was dark. dark. We hadn't really allowed enough time for it. And also, we didn't have the right tools. Or the right attitude, because we, <laughs> we, we were like two minutes in, we were like, so bored of digging. And I said, like, this, this deep, and I was like, oh, do it, it's in. That's in. And that's, it turns out that's not how gardening works. And when, you know, to see it covered in dog mess, you know, as soon as it's grown, you thought, fair enough. Yeah, it's a, that's, fair a, enough. that's a fair, fair judgment. It's what it deserved. What it deserved. <laughs> So we cross over again to the uh, over London Road to the Bakerloo Line Station, deep red tiling. Should we do um, South Bank first? Uh, no, we're there now, Steve. We're there. Now. We'll, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. we'll walk back up and then okay. back up on ourselves. I've not got anything to say about it. Though. I mean, it's just a nice Bakerloo station. I've got it? a great story about the Bakerloo Line tube station. Nineteen twenty-five, the first baby that's born on the London Underground is born at the Elephant Castle Bakerloo Line station. <laughs> A rumour gets round... And that baby was... <laughs> 1925. <laughs> um, a rumour gets round that the baby is named Thelma Ursula Beatrice Eleanor because then her name would be... Mr. Uh, <laughs> but she's not. She's called, she's called Miriam Cowdery, which is a bit, it's a bit dull, but, you know, better for her. And her. You can't be naming your kid after. No. Uh, behind that, you've got... The Ministry of Health, well, the Department of Health now, but when they moved in, they were the Ministry of Health. But they're going, are they? In the yeah, I think they, yeah, yeah. Horrible marble clad building. Not going to go like that. Skips the house, give that a little dig. South Bank University behind it, I mean, it started further back and has sort of made its way to the elephant, really, isn't it? People will say, if you ask them where they went to the university, they will say LSBU to try and confuse you. They don't want to be saying they went to South Bank. <laughs> yes, that's very brave because there's, there's a up. huge chance of alumni. In this room. They know it's not prestigious. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you didn't go to university and I dropped out of university. So right, basically, right. No, but the thing is, like, we, we're, 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 we're punching up in it. We're not punching down. It's fine. It's not like we're like Oxbridge graduates who are sort of going, looking down. But a degree from LSBU is about equivalent of not going to university. <laughs> <laughs> They're all worthless, aren't they? <laughs> but no, it was previous to being uh, Southway University, the Borough Polytechnic, which is very notable for... Yeah, had a, a moment in the sun in uh, the 40s and into the 50s where a, a student there called Clifford Holden establishes um, a group called the Borough School, um, which is based around the teachings of David Bomberg. It becomes, I don't know, I, I think of him as one of the preeminent British painters of the 20th century, but I'm a big fan of it, so I'm biased. But, um, and like Frank Howard, that comes out of the same tradition. So you have this very important, I feel, um, and prestigious tradition of uh, painting in 
British art history. You don't have to keep saying how I feel, Steve. I mean, it is, isn't it? It's it is, it is. the wave machine. Frank Auerbach. That you enjoyed. That wave machine is brilliant. Art critics. It's the wave machine of 20th century British art, I would say. Yeah, and it's based like on the other side of the Elephant Castle. And I say, this is the sort of thing that we love finding out about on the show. You know, if you talk to people about the Elephant Castle, the odds of them sort of going, yes, where Stanley Kubrick's archive is, and there was a hugely prestigious um, <laughs> arts movement in the 40s yeah, and 50s. They just say a car drove into the subway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we've completed our circuit of the outer circle, so we're going to spiral in a little further, and we've sort of referenced it already, but we'll talk about um, the subways. Yeah, that's the way to get in the middle, isn't it? That's how you get there, it's access, isn't it? Subways soon to be filled with uh, cement, I imagine. Yep. Or some material, I don't know. What do you fill subways with these days? I'll probably go with cement. <laughs> Pick a mix, are they? <laughs> <laughs> that would be more fun. Um, yeah, the subways, um, again, a, a famous feature of the Elephant Castle. Often looked down upon, but I'm a huge fan. In a literal way. Literal, yeah. A... Um, they turn up in Top Boy, don't they? Yeah, you see it, I've seen it in Luther. And well. it's really odd because like, Top Boy was supposed to be set, it was a Channel 4 drama series about uh, youth culture for anyone that. Uh, but it was supposed to be set very firmly in East London. And of all the things they chose to, to shoot, was a chase scene through the Elephant Castle subway. And you're like, where else is it supposed to have murals and tiles like that? It's not like a, you know, let's find a neutral subway. This one's got paintings all over it. Well, everything was filmed around there, wasn't it? So, I mean, some, a friend of mine saw uh, Kano in Rice and Pea on uh, Grove Vale. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? They were keeping it rooted in South London despite setting over there. The murals were designed by um, David Bradby, who did uh, a, a tour yesterday. I think, did anyone go to that? No. Went last year. Went last, oh, we went last year. Yeah. Really good, really good. Um, yeah, it was, it's quite sad to sort of hear that the subway, because we went last year, and David Bradbury was very sort of enthusiastic and genuinely touched that people had come out to hear him talk about his project, and it seems to be something that stayed with him after, after he's finished it, and he seems very sort of like emotionally invested in it, so the fact that it's been, I'm sort of glad he goes to the one yesterday where he knows it's going to be filled in with concrete. People so. weeping and stuff. Imagine, yeah. Just people just sort of like trying to hug a wall, but you can't really. Leave it, David, it's not worth it. But, you know, it's the, the murals are very interesting in terms of the local area. Um, it references a lot of scenes from local history and people from local history, you know, including the obvious ones like uh, Chaplin and Faraday. But David Bradby also made a very conscious decision to incorporate into the, the paintings local people. So he would get volunteers from the local area to help him, but also would go around and just like draw sketches and portrait, and then put them up. So a lot of the people that are in there, and you know, even some of the the spaces. There's a a shot of um, uh, someone's living room that's sort of done out as if it's the forties, and it was just a local woman who hadn't really redecorated for a few, few years. Yeah, she's got like a wireless that probably doesn't work, but they'll be gone. So get down there today if. Uh... Why yeah, are they, do, why are they getting rid of them? I didn't know that they were uh, getting. Yeah, there was a public consultation. Should we wait till we get into the. Yes. It's all right, it's okay. Just because like, we've got. Surely. <laughs> but also, uh, well worth 
you know, taking a walk through the subway. Don't try and use them to get around because the signs are wildly inaccurate. There's three different ways to get to the Imperial War Museum. I don't think any of them. There's one right. sign where it says "Buses to Blackfriars that way." Buses to Blackfriars that way. <laughs> but there are buses to Blackfriars both directions. So <laughs> I mean, it's not helpful, but um, yeah. So you know, the murals um, of, of of local interest, and, and the, even the tiling. The tiling was done by students from LCC at the time. So it, it really is, uh, I think, an important piece of, of local art. It brings us out into the Marie Curie field of hope. And, uh, it's, it's so it's spiralled yeah. all the way into the centre now. And uh, the Michael Faraday Memorial, the uh, stainless steel box. Um, See, so you've already revealed, Steve, you didn't go to university. People probably think people, were, five minutes in, people knew that. There's no, there's no. Uh, no people no probably thought about. you were quite a bright child. But do you want to sort of enlighten people about what you thought that was, that building was as a child? I thought you were going to say, do you want to enlighten people as to why you didn't go to university? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, thought, yeah. it's not appropriate, is it? If I dropped out of South Bank, then we could uh, have a chat about it. I was assured, and Jack always gets to be framed like this, but I don't know how else to say. This is, you're a child, you're informed by other people, you're not developing your own ideas. People tell you things, and if they're trustworthy adults, you believe them. So, if your uncle, who hasn't lied to you as far as you know at that point, when you're a kid, as you're going past on the bus, points at the Michael Faraday Memorial and goes, that's Doctor Who's house. <laughs> then it's Doctor Who's house, you're a kid, I don't know, do I? What was I supposed to go, prove it, yeah. you're a liar. Bigger on the internet. I only found out last year. It's a nightmare. <laughs> what it is is a, a substation, isn't it? Yeah, a substation that powers the, the middle of a roundabout. Because it looks great. Is that why? Yeah, I reckon. Is it? Is it a practical thing? Because it was meant to be made of glass, wasn't it? This guy Rodney Gordon was the architect, and originally wanted to build out of glass, but then they thought people would smash it up. Still, instead. I think it would have been sort of fascinating and terrifying to have an operational substation that you could see into. It's fascinating as it is, though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a big that fan. is someone made it, and now it's grade two listed. So they're building a new shopping centre there, and that is essentially kind of in the forecourt of it. Um, and everyone's going on as if this is fine, rather than, <laughs> you know, they're building like, like a Westfield type of place, aren't they? And out the front, like in the uh, computer-generated architectural, you the know, CGI. yeah, they've got like people. It's just all acronyms. <laughs> we could have done the show in five minutes if we just like done it as initialisms. But you got people sitting there eating their eating their pret-a-manger outside this substation, and like I don't know. I feel like at first I thought that was absolutely ridiculous, but now I'm thinking, you know, twenty, you know, if you kind of. Get, look at it from like a kind of retro futuristic point of view. Like, if we're in the 21st century, now our shopping malls have massive monuments to electricity that we all eat lunch next to. <laughs> like, maybe it's the most futuristic shopping centre in London, like the Elephant Castle was originally. Yeah. Possibly. In my defence as well, just going Still going on about Doctor Who. Because I need to just sort of. Of course, in the 90s, another rumour gets round. The Aphex twin has moved in to the. Uh, <laughs> is that another room rumor gets around and your uncle was over? Yeah, it's interesting because like, the Aphex twin moves into the general area, don't know where. But There we go, we do know where. And, and fair enough if you want to sort of have a guess at where the Aphex twin might have moved into in the general area. But don't choose a substation. 
what a nightmare for like redeveloping. Like, it's not like you just, I'll just put a kitchen over there, toilet over there. Be careful you put in any sort of plumbing because it's an operational substation. Not short on outlets though, are you? Like this is it. You can put, and he's like, he loves he's uh, off for his keyboards. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're not doing Aphex Twin Unplugged, are you? Today, maybe on the roof of it. Maybe this is what <laughs> will happen with this new development, this sort of thing. Yeah, the development. So this is to get back to what you were saying earlier. Why are the subways going? What's happening with why? Why are they insisting that people picnic outside the substation? <laughs> the idea is, and and part of the reason we chose to spiral around the Elephant Castle is soon that won't really be a thing. It's not going to be around roundabout anymore. The plan is to redevelop the shopping centre and the area around it, and that will involve moving uh, the shopping centre, moving across into the island and becoming a peninsula, essentially, that links directly from the edge of the island into the land for the shopping centre. So there won't be a roundabout there. Yeah, so if, you don't, if you've not seen the plans, that space of road between New Kent Road and... Um not Wharf Road, but kind of the Northern Line Station, that's basically been handed, that's been handed over as no longer public land that would be part of the shopping centre, so buses will have to go right round it. And as you say, you, rent, you step out of it with your uh, sandwich and you've got the, <laughs> the monument. But to make space for the extra, as they need extra uh, roads around the sides, they're going to fill in the subways and build roads over that. So you're going to have basically this sort of odd... Where we're going, we won't need roads... <laughs> I, don't that, I don't mean they're using that, but if anyone's here from then, at least. Well, it was, it was, we went to the TFL consultation because we wanted to do an episode about it because we thought this was yeah, remarkable for a number of reasons. You know, a startling change to the, the look of the elephant and castle. And also, you know, we had questions about impact in terms of things like, you know, do we need to actually fill in these subways? Because I, I actually quite like them. Yeah. Maybe just fix also, them it's just, it is public space. <laughs> and it will no longer be public space, you know, which is tragic in a way, even if you don't like subways. So you, we went, I went on to the consultation and had the microphone and uh, there was someone from the, the press team at TFL um, there. And I said to her, can I talk to you for uh, this podcast about South London? She went, we're not allowed to talk to people. And I was like, it's, it, it's not, you know, it's not the national press, it's just a local thing. But, you know, she went, we're not allowed to talk to anyone. I went, why is that? She went, we don't know what we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was very brave, because if you're not going to go on the record, and you are prepared to sort of say that, I, I try and present that, that story as neutrally as possible. I try not to put any inflection on it that makes her look particularly bad. But you could... You know, if I wanted to, I could sort of go, so I asked this woman for a comment, and she said, I can't. We don't know what we're going to say. But, you know, that would be unfair. Like she didn't, she didn't. But imagine, that's the way. Just, just go on the record and explain. But they, they probably knew there would be questions about losing public space. There was also, it was a really interesting, as I'm talking to her, they had this wonderful sort of computer simulation of how the traffic flow would work um, in the new setup. And one of the things they have, I'm sure they find it out now, but they have basically cycle lanes and bus lanes that cross over. So I was just looking at this screen um, while she was explaining she couldn't talk to me. And I did want to ask about the little uh, pixelated buses and little pixelated cycle bicycles that were basically just crashing into each other. <laughs> I'm, sure they're buying, I'm sure they've looked at this. It's all going to be fine. But it did seem quite a lot. And I was like, that's the one you're showing me. That's the, the simulation they've done. They've gone, that's ready for the public. That's, that's as good as we're going to get it. We're down to like four collisions a minute. This is, this is, this is ideal. Yeah, 
maybe up the elephant in if we did it in five years' time, Steve. But it won't be round the castle, will it? We won't be going round anything. Round the gyratory. Yeah. You say we want to do this before that happens, just because it's just awkward, isn't it? We'd have to like spin around this way, spin around that way, virtually. Yeah, thanks for coming, everyone. <laughs> Lovely to see you. All. And uh, yeah, we our podcast is on southlondonhardcore.com and it's on iTunes if you search for South London Hardcore. We're on the network called the Hold Fast Network. There's holdfastnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at SLHC. All right, good night. Thanks a lot. You can get South London Hardcore from iTunes and from southlondonhardcore.com where you can find all of our old episodes. While you're on southlondonhardcore.com, use the Amazon link. While you're there on Amazon, sign up for Amazon Prime. It's a free trial. We get £5. You sign up, cancel immediately, or watch loads of TV shows and films. You've got 30 days to like stack up loads of viewing. We get a five rather way pace towards the show. Is Up the Elephant Round the Castle, the Jim Davidson sitcom available? They've got the best of, which means no, there's zero. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any questions? There we go. Five quick points. <laughs> <laughs>